Women's Talk, the cross-table discussion about cross-type topics. I'm Sam O'Banion. That's Nick Pannone. And we are in Philippians. We are in Philippians. Philippians 1, ending Philippians 1 today, actually. Philippians yeah. 1, 19, 18, whatever you want to call yeah. it. I did 18B, but somebody had to do 18 uh, all the way through. Just backed up. Part of it just, it's <laughs> really weird. It, yeah. It's so weird. Well, they show, the verse numbers here are just... It's wonky. wonky. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, wonky. That's what I say. Wonky. Weird. They're, the amount of time I spent reading paragraphs about how to break up verse mm-hmm. 18, uh, I can't get that time back, man. <laughs> I just can't get back. Can't. So I, my thought is we'll go back to 18. It also, it, just because it encompasses a little bit of a transition from what we talked about last week. And, For sure. And really Paul's heart for the gospel and how his experience his current experience, his plight in prison, mm-hmm. and more or less not knowing the outcome of it, how he chooses to see that as a way for the gospel to advance. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And then, then we got a little bit to the motivation of, of preachers with the gospel. Mm-hmm. And it, that bleeds into, uh, we're going to get into some exhortation here um, at some point. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Some exhortation, which is application. Which is application. Uplifted application. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, hey, I'll pass it over to you and let you read 18 through 30 of chapter one of Philippians. Very good. All right. Starting verse 18, uh, chapter one. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. And in that I rejoice. That's what we read last week. Mm -hmm. All right. The rest of 18. Yes. And I will rejoice for I know that through your prayers and the help of the spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet, which shall I choose? I cannot tell. Uh, I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better." But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel." and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation in that from God. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, that you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. The word of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Yeah. So, oh man, all kinds of themes pop up there, all kinds of... uh, it's a weird phrasing mm-hmm. on a couple of those verses. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in the wooden translation of the ESV or the trying to be wooden, but flexing it out a little bit. Yeah. Here's okay. It's a rocking chair. It, it, it is very much a rocking chair. Here's what I appreciate about the ESV. Okay. This is why we have been reading through this. I think is because it's not that you and I always go, okay, this is what the Greek says. Oh, this is what ESV says. They're a perfect match. Mm-hmm. It's the differences, I think, are so clear. Yeah. Um, 
that it, it makes it easy. We don't have to dig too hard to find out, okay, there's there could be some discrepancies here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think ESV does that unapologetically. Yeah. So, but let's be fair, any translation we read from is going to run in uh, to some discrepancies, unless we're going to flat out read from the original Greek. Yeah. And then the discrepancy is you and me. Yes, <laughs> because that's what, I mean, that's what a translation is, is somebody's, basically is somebody's opinion. It's, denotation but it's also connotation like you have you're going to bring your own bias into what you think the verse is no matter Correct. what you, you have to do some interpretation yeah to come up with a translation yes and so that's why we're doing the study too mm-hmm. so that we oh, can yeah. address those things for sure um so uh, i i understand that uh what we've done so far through philippians feels like one big giant word study mm-hmm. but i it's really hard for me to i want to emphasize so badly paul's word choices through this. this is why we keep coming back to the original Greek words. Yep. And his word choices in Philippians is there there's it's impossible to say that there was no intentionality in what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I if you can immediately discredit someone that says the spirit and Paul were not being intentional with the words they chose when addressing the Philippian church. The Philippian church, absolutely. And uh, like you can tell a difference between someone intentionally using certain words and someone who has used a thesaurus throughout their entire paper. Yeah. <laughs> and Paul's not using a thesaurus. He's intentionally using words that I think are important for us to stop and study and address. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I just want to go back to 18. Uh, I, I know we talked about this a little bit, um, but in 18, Paul's asking a rhetorical question, what then, or really, so what? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so what? People are preaching with all kinds of different motives, so what? Whether they're in pretense or in truth, and we talked about that last week, mm-hmm. um, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. And I want to hit on that word proclaim, okay? Um so typically when we read Paul using the word preach or proclamation, there's usually one of two words that he's using, caruso, or we've, uh, which means to preach, mm-hmm. right? Um, or e- even euangelios, um, which is to proclaim or to open up the gospel, yeah. the good news. Okay. He is using a different word here. He is using the word katangelo, um, which it's not necessarily a rare word, it's just not one that gets applied to uh, preaching of the gospel that often. Yeah. All right. So let me break this down just a little bit. Keruso is our normal word. When you come to church, you will hear Keruso. Mm-hmm. All right. It is, it, it's, Keruso uh, is fishing with a very specific bait, mm-hmm. and that is the good news. All right. It is, uh, it is used, the, that word is used 61 times in the New Testament. Either Keruso or Keruga, I think, which is the preacher. Yep. All right. So in just about every single one of those cases, it is talking about presenting to unbelievers. Mm. All right. Uh, which is essentially what we do in a church service. That's why there's an invitation all the time. And even if we are already believers in Jesus, there's a there's a, a, a kind of a flavor of that to where we are still called to respond because we haven't in our belief yet, right? Mm-hmm. So, Caruso. The word we read in verse 18 here is katangelo. It's used 18 times in the New Testament, and it is a much, much broader word. It means to speak out or to broadcast, mm-hmm. okay? 
He's using this word to apply to preachers with all kinds of different motives. I think there's intentionality with this. Whether they're K. Russo or whether they're speaking in pretense, yeah. I'm just glad that it's being broadcast. Mm-hmm. That's what he's saying. This word can be applied to what you and I are doing at this moment. Yeah. Right? We're not necessarily preaching, but we are broadcasting as best we can the good news that we are interpreting. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Katangelo. Mm-hmm. So way to go. Cotton Katangelo <laughs> brother or something. <laughs> way to go. Katang Yeah. Gelen. Yeah. So yeah. It's Katangelo has more to do with the presenter. K. Russo has more to do with what is being that presented. person is presenting. Yeah. All right. So that's where it is. And then we pick back up. Uh, so where we ended last week, uh, and in that I rejoice. And then we picked up this week. Yes, and I will rejoice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a weird break. It's a weird break. Just no commentators have been spending a lot of, killing a lot of trees to talk about how that all <laughs> What works. they were thinking, yeah. Our word, Cairo. Cairo. Yeah. So that's going to keep coming up. I rejoice. Um, and then we have the future or the the future tense of that. Uh, I will rejoice. Mm-hmm. It's going to be related to the word joy that he mentions quite a bit. Kara. Yep. Uh, Kara. Um, and it's, it's just a it's just a theme of this letter, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and know that that is a choice. Like he's not naturally joyful in his <laughs> imprisonment. It's this is how I'm seeing the gospel advance. I find joy in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a letter of friendship and joy and um, just enjoying what a church is doing Correct. while he's imprisoned. Correct. So, yeah. yeah. Good deal. Um, and, and we probably will kind of hit some of these kind of quick bullet points because there's some stuff that we need to sit on, and this is a pretty long passage. Yes, so, yes it is. Verse 19, uh, For I know that through your prayers and, and help of the Spirit of, of Jesus Christ um, will turn out for my deliverance. All right. Uh, I, I want to look at the front end of that and the back end of that verse. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, for I know uh, that dot, 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 this will turn out for my deliverance, okay? Um, the word no is not the word we usually get for I know. Yeah, which is gnosko, gnosis. Gnosis or something. Yeah. Gnosko is the verb. Yes. Is the verb I know. Yes. We have the word oida. Oida. Oida is going to carry us through this passage. Here's the difference. Gnosis is knowledge, is I have, I've got factual information, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it can also be applied to sort of an intimate knowledge of a person. Yeah. All right. So there's a relational aspect to it. Oida has more to do with confidence. Mm-hmm. Okay. There are a couple of different ways that, that we can interpret this, but I need to point out the back end of this because his confidence is that this will turn out for my deliverance. So we ask the question, what deliverance? Deliverance from what? First of all, again, word study, the word deliverance uh, that's used here, soteria, which is quite literally salvation. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the word for salvation. Yes, that is going to have some implication with, I think, how we ought to interpret this. Mm -hmm. All right. For sure. First of all, one possible solution to this deliverance from what is it that he is talking about being delivered from death or prison, Mm -hmm. right? Very possible. It's not wrong to go that way interpretively or linguistically about that. Um, 
he could find his confidence in that because at the moment there's no law against being a Christ follower. Mm-hmm. Right. So I am confident they're not going to find anything wrong. I'm going to be released. Yeah. Right. It fits with some of the stuff that he mentions a little bit right here. The other possible way, which I think is the correct way uh, to interpret it, interpret this, is that he is speaking of his salvation uh, in an eschatological way. Yeah. All right. Um, or in an eschatological sense. And what I mean by that is in a broader sense, I am confident with your prayers with the help of the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ, that my salvation's good, man. Mm-hmm. That it, and when I'm secure in that, imprisonment's what? Mm-hmm. Death is what? Um, yeah. And I actually think that's what fits with the rest of the information here. But I got a lot of different things to to kind of point to for that. One, he he brings this confidence up in verse six. Right, I'm confident oh, yeah. in this, and he applies that to the Philippians, and I think he's carrying that kind of confidence through that God's going to carry out his completed work. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, also, the language in the Septuagint, how about that, Ooh, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, in Job 13, verses 13 through 18, is very similar, and that's a place where uh, Job is expressing his confidence uh, in whatever the plight he's in right now, I'm, my confidence is in God. I'm not wavering from Him. Yeah. Okay. Um, also, uh, Paul's already expressed how his plight has resulted in boldness mm-hmm. of preaching, and so he's not being released is not the primary concern. Yeah, and clearly from through Philippians, his concern is not, and we'll get into this even more. Mm-hmm. And we got into it already, but he could easily just go, you know what? I'm out. (laughs) I'm a Roman citizen. Just let me go. I don't need to go see Caesar anymore. Yeah. And so... His primary concern is the gospel being reached as far as possible. Uh, And a great way to do that would be to preach to Caesar himself. (laughs) Correct. Which forever, Paul's maintained that's a goal of his. Yeah. Um, Also, you start looking at verse 21, if you skip just two verses, verse 21, and the way that he spells it out, which we are going to dive into fairly deeply. Mm-hmm. Uh, death is not a fear. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a fear. Um, and there's lessons to be learned from that, and I'm going to, we're going to point that out. Um, and also, why, why, in, why will he rejoice? <laughs> like, why, he's not rejoicing because it, he might get released. Yeah, he's rejoicing because the gospel is preached. Because again, his release would is not that hard. Yes, <laughs> like it's not a difficult thing to do. His captivity is resulting in the broadcasting of really essentially the word and will of God. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think he's talking about salvation. Mm-hmm. I, I've got oida. I've got confidence in salvation. Still, with that, he's pulling in the partnership of the Philippian church, mm-hmm. right? Through your prayers and the help of the Spirit. If you've got confidence in your salvation, if you've got the prayers of the church, and you've got the Holy Spirit, what else is there? Yeah. You're going to be pretty confident in your eschatological yeah. deliverance. What else is there? And what can imprisonment or death touch? Yeah. Yeah. So lots of hope going forward with this. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of hope, let's look at verse 20. For sure. All right. Verse 20, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not 
be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. Um, weird word structure going mm-hmm. on, uh, and so some 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 things to kind of put together. I landed on the word hope, and I know we've had some discussion about this in, in the past, uh, the, this word elpis, or elpis, however we want to say that, and he attaches a couple different things to that. Um, one, he says, I'm not ashamed. Um, we could spend an entire session talking about first Mediterranean shame culture. I might have spent first century. Some, might have spent some time on that. Yeah, it, we. It's really important to understand at least a little bit of shame. Shame is such a negative thing for us right now, and it's associated with guilt. And I think that is the important distinction. Yeah. Is like we live in a primarily guilt-led culture. Like we don't really think about shame as much. Guilt, because guilt is like, what have I done to you? Mm-hmm. And I'm guilty of that. While shame is like, what have I done to mar myself? Right. Like, what have I done to make myself look foolish? In or... our culture, I think shame is more of an identity issue. Mm-hmm. In the first century Mediterranean culture, shame is a community issue. Yeah. And it, it, he will not be ashamed because... It has to do with his con- his oida, mm-hmm. his confidence. Yeah, right. I'm I'm confident that you will not find that I've done anything against God. Yeah, right. And ultimately, at the moment, not anything against the law of the land. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so find me guiltless, and then or find me uh, not ashamed, and then also that my hope is that Christ will be exalted in my body, in His body. Mm-hmm. This is my first time. I want to say. Incarnation principle. <laughs> Paul is living out this this, this uh, vocal and verbal expressed word. Yeah. So I'm living this out. Christ will be honored by how I live. Now, some people have, I've read, kind of come back and say this is sort of a metaphor, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think it's a metaphor. The word he uses for body is the physical body. Yeah. All right. Um it, again, the incarnational per, uh, principle, he's not metaphorically in prison. Um, he's not meta- metaphorically up for a trial that could potentially cost him his life. Mm-hmm. These are all very real. And he's saying, yeah, I'm not ashamed by any of this because Christ is going to be honored by it. Um, and he says, he goes, I have full courage. The literal translation of that is, I have all presence. Yeah. I have all presence. Paul's physical life presents the full presence of Christ's honor. That is how I would interpret that. Yeah, for uh, sure. And man, how cool would that be to say about ourselves? <laughs> that we would, in our lives, present the full presence of Christ's honor. And in, in, for Paul, it's and, ha- and have no shame in that. And have no shame in that. Yeah. yeah, not have to sit here and wonder or teeter on, yeah. on any again, of that. Because again, like, it's really important to have that word, the English word study in mind of guilt versus shame. Because you don't have guilt for presenting the gospel. You have shame in presenting the gospel because you don't want to be shamed. Correct. You don't want to be seen as a hypocrite or not have the right answers. And or ousted. That's shaming. Yeah. And that's so different from... In, 
so different from guilt. And he's saying, there's nothing I'm like, I'm not ashamed of what any of this is. Well, let's put this in context with the, with what else we're reading in three verses. We have joy expressed over the word being broadcast. Yep. Despite the motivation, right? So the katangelo. And we have the word being lived through the soma, the body. Mm-hmm. Uh, enjoy found in that, or hope found in that. And so we have the full encompassing word. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not just pie in the sky stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so pretty eloquently the way he, he put that together in <laughs> full courage. I have the full or have all presence about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not left to wondering. All right. Verse 21. This is probably the verse that's hanging up in people's mantles and yeah. underlined in their own Bibles and stuff like that. The two, two of the most quoted verses in the Bible are in <laughs> Philippians. <laughs> exactly. This will be the first one. Yep. We'll be a few weeks before we get to the, Correct. <laughs> to the next one. Um, I think for the most part, it gets quoted fairly accurately i think it's the actual application that's a little (laughs) yeah not off or just not opportune (laughs) people yeah i it's really easy to say it's absolutely easy to say for to me to live is christ and to die is gain that's it don't worry about it that's all i got that's all i gotta say and then it's like okay so you you're willing to die for this like eh. well i mean yeah well, what's die really? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm I'm dying to myself in that I'm not partying anymore. I'm not having the kind of fun I used to. That's dying to myself in a way. If that's true, then I'm proud of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't want to hide behind this verse. Yeah. Okay. I want. I want us to grasp the concept. Okay. Yeah. I want us to understand what dying is. Uh, lest, uh, lest we fall short of this, right? Yeah. So to live as Christ, there's two parts of this, right? To live as Christ, which means for Paul, he is going to glorify Christ by whatever means he had. Yeah. Right? That needs a marinade. Well, <laughs> and like, just what a way to use for me to live is Christ. Like you're using a person, but also a theology as your like object of a sentence or like your predicate it's not this is just a weird way like i don't say like um i'm trying to think of a good example like i for me to run is nick you know what i mean like i know nick's a runner so for me to run it's like it it is it is nick you know what i mean like yeah yeah for english language people this is interesting way use of the of the word Christ, because right. he's using it as... For me to cook is Sam. Yeah, exactly. For me to cook is like Sam. Yeah. Okay, that's kind of how we... There would be similes and metaphors there. Yeah, but it's to, for me... This is like English nerd a little mm-hmm. bit, and like writer nerd. This, it's such stronger language, and that's why I appreciate the ESV in this and their interpretation, because for me to say like, oh, I'm running just like Nick... That's just like, oh, yeah, you're just comparing yourself. But for me to say, I am running as, like, I am Nick in this. Like, mm-hmm. That's to say, I am taking on the full embodiment of who Nick is as I pursue this thing. Well, I think that's also what gives him the 
ability in so many other different places to say, imitate me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if you imitate me, you're going to imitate Christ. Yeah. And to have the confidence and <laughs> not be ashamed. Exactly. Like, exactly. Well, it feeds to the second half of that, right? Mm-hmm. To die is gain. Um, listen, the, 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 the teaching moment of that is so easy. Mm-hmm. Christians gain more at death. Yeah. All right. Christian gain, Christians gain more at death. Couple things on this. First of all, first of all, need not be around the bush. Yes, let's not. He's there's 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 no pretense in what he says. Yes, yeah. Let's get to that. Well, let's get let's get to that here in a second because that's uh, to me is so like I've heard that so many times. Like, well, what is to die? Like, you can die to yourself in so many ways. And it's like, no, he's being literal. He's not being. He's not saying. I'm sacrificing so much of my life. He's like, no, I'm sacrificing my life. <laughs> and he's not being artistic about it. No. No. And 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 his this is Oida, man. This is mm-hmm. his this is his Oida, his his confidence with this. And, and I wanna I wanna address that here in a second. The first one I want to just talk about the language of this. Yeah. I think it Paul is subversive with this. Okay. It, it would be there's no other ancient writing you can compare that to. Mm-hmm. What you might find is the opposite with that. To live uh, is gain. Yeah. Right? And to die is whatever that particular God orders. Yeah. All right? So to die is to gain what Christ gave us or mm-hmm. something to, to, that, to that nature. And he's subversive about this. That feeds into what you just brought up. Yeah. Okay? Let's talk about death for a second. First of all, the reason why we're going to talk about this is because in the next three or four verses it's talked about and Paul's confidence in this. I wrote down some questions here because I wanted to make sure I remembered to ask this. First question, are we in general afraid of death? Yes. Yeah. I yeah. Th- I think, I mean, that's almost rhetorical, right? Yeah. That is... Uh, on one level, understand understandable. Mm-hmm. On the Christ following level, what did you think you signed up for? Yeah, it's, and here's where I think people get mixed up: is like it's okay to drive safely and wear a seatbelt and not want to die in a fiery car crash, mm-hmm. but it's not acceptable to go. Well, I don't want to talk to him because. I don't want to talk to him about Christ because what could happen? It's like, right. I mean, yeah. I, I talked with a, uh, he was a long, 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 long time church member, got to visit with him the day before he died. Mm. And he knew it was coming. His family knew it was coming. I wanted to get there before he was not able to have a conversation anymore. Mm-hmm. Got to pray with him, hug him, tell him I loved him. All right. Uh, and we we got to talk about, Hey, this is on the horizon here, and it was it was really really cool. He told me, "I am not afraid to die. I'm slightly afraid of the manner in which it's going to happen." Mm-hmm. And I appreciated that honesty, and I th- walked away from that going, "I want to have that confidence, though." Yeah, uh, it is. It's a bizarre thing when you consider scripture and the Christ followers' experience with scripture. And then say, I'm afraid of death. Mm-hmm. Jesus conquered the tomb, man. <laughs> um, oh, why, where, where'd the chorus go that where, oh, death is your sting? Yeah. Right? It, like that, that's not just some f- 
fancy words for us mm-hmm. to say, or or it's it's not just a rallying cry. Like that is truth. Yeah. Uh, I think we spend an awful lot of time and resources thinking we're actually saving lives when in reality we're only extending them. Yeah. Here's here's something very cold, Sam. You're going to die. Yeah. Nick, I'm going to die. It is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Is going to happen. Somewhere along the line, I want to live as Christ and to die as gain. Mm-hmm. And, and I want I want that to be our resolution. Here's my other question with this. Okay. All right, because I think it stems from this. I th- I think the answer to this question will determine whether or not we actually are afraid of death. Mm-hmm. What's the object of your faith? The object of my faith? Yes. Why faith? And I'm putting okay. you on the spot, okay? I'm, I, I'm putting you on the spot. It, this is more in general, but I am putting you on the spot a little bit. No, that was more of a question of clarification yeah, because yeah. English is fun. Yeah. Um, Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, li- listen, <laughs> this is, it's such a... Uh, it's such a weird theological conversation we have with modern Christians mm-hmm. that I think, like, okay, why heaven? Well, because that's a good place, or it's not hell, or my family's there. Or Listen, the reason heaven is heaven is because Christ is present. It's Yeah, it's the full presence of God. In, yeah. Exactly. Now do I think, And that's why hell is so bad. It's not because it's, it's eternal punishment. It's absence. because you are like if you think this world is bad, wait until you're in the complete void of God's presence. That was the ultimate punishment for Adam and Eve. Was not that they were booted out of a garden. It's that they were booted out of the presence of God. Yes. They no longer walked along the paths with God. Which is such an important <laughs> distinction for all theologies in the church. It, it is. And and that was how God's judgment and retribution was carried out, particularly in the in the prophets, minor prophets. Mm-hmm. Um that and I removed my presence from them. Yeah. This is why wars were fought over things like the Ark of the Covenant. Mm-hmm. Because that was God's presence. This is why the temple was erected. The the tabernacle was carried everywhere. The cloud that followed those wandering in the desert. It was all about the presence of God. The end of Revelation talks about uh, heaven or or the the final eternity being a place that has no sun or moon to govern the light because Mm -hmm. God's presence there, that's the light. Yeah. And the object of our faith is Christ, right? Is that we will be with him face to face. Mm Mm-hmm. Do, now, do I think we're going to experience fellowship? I think there's texts that lend itself to that, that we will get to experience fellowship, but that fellowship is meaningless without the presence of Christ. Yeah. Uh, uh, my wife and I have had this conversation a million times. I, I told her, I said, if you go before me, and it's even possible for you to look over me, which I don't think it is, don't. <laughs> like, just don't. Yeah. Like, you, you're rewarded for the struggle that is called life. Yeah. It, it bask in the in, in the reward. Don't look down on here. First of all, I don't think anybody's overlooking us because there is going to be no suffering in heaven. Yeah, it's impossible to look over me and not be just in anguish. <laughs> right? That's God's yeah. role, not yours. Yeah. Um, and I don't think we're going to turn into angels. I don't think it's going to be anything like that. Our reward 
And the way that we can be comforted is knowing that our loved ones who have known Jesus get to see him. Yeah. That's it. It's so, we make it so complicated, I feel like, the idea of heaven, Mm. which is taking quite a turn now. But um, it's, I don't think it's that hard because I think we already, like, people say, well, there's not a lot of stuff in the Bible about heaven. It's like, look no further than the garden. That was, that was perfection. Yeah. God made it perfect. And his perfection was you get to hang out in the cool of the day, hang out with animals, eat whatever you want, except from that tree mm-hmm. and hang out with me. That's, and have no shame. Yeah. That's literally <laughs> yeah. all heaven is, is yeah. Hang out, hang yeah. out with me, worship yeah. by being here. Like yeah. that's yeah. what this is. Well, and then if you look at the very end of because that's the very beginning, if you look yeah. at the very end, you get another garden. Yeah. <laughs> There's another, another place with trees. Where animals are chilling and yeah. everybody's just we, hanging out. Yeah. We, it, it's, it's, the re I know we turned to heaven here and it got a weird turn here, but if we don't understand heaven, then yeah, we're going to fear. Death. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't mm-hmm. now to clarify this, cause I know we got to keep moving on this verse 22, 23 and 24. He solidifies his, solidifies his position here. So mm-hmm. verse 22, he clarifies the first part the for me to live is Christ part. He says, if I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which which I shall choose, I cannot tell. All right? A couple things going on with this. First of all, yeah. we need to know. We need to know that he's clarifying to live as Christ. Well, what does it mean to live as Christ? Well, fruitful labor. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, I think some of us hear the word, see the word labor, and we think of some kind of torturous thing, and work is hard, and all this stuff. When you have productive work, that's a blessing. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's the... For him, it's the, <laughs> the really old added, the played out adage of like, oh, if you like what you do, you don't work a day in your life. He's like, yeah, I I can do this yeah. for the rest of my life. And he will. Yes. He it, yeah. And the does. more I do this, the shorter that gets. Yeah. And so, but that's not the point. He, he's talking about service that produces uh, kingdom things. Yeah. It produces the fl- what the Philippians are. Fruitful, like s- spiritual fruit. Like, yeah. Going to hit that over and over again. All right. So I'm going to ask you this question because I know... Uh, you you did a little bit of reading on this because um, the back half of this says which, yet which shall which I shall choose I cannot tell. Um, why don't you why don't you kind of clear that up? Paul is not considering committing suicide. Thank you. <laughs> this it's is not a, a suicidal passage. <laughs> it's not. This is not Paul's suicide note. Uh, it's. I won't. I won't call it a popular idea because it's the only. This, this is the first time I've heard it, mm-hmm. and I, and it's because I googled things, <laughs> and so it's not like this is widespread. And you're gonna like go to a different church and hear it preached or anything. But there is a what's a good academic circle yeah. that says Paul is considering just ending it here. Because he'd rather be with Christ than do anything else. That's not a healthy view. No. <laughs> and it doesn't even make sense. Like, there's just a lot of problems with it yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. I would suggest that if that's your stance on that, while you may not fear death, I think you're saying you fear life. Yeah. And Paul's not fearing life either because for him to live is Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's two sides of that. It's two-sided coin. And it's he clearly doesn't... He's clearly 
because again, I'm going to go back to this. He has the choice. Like he can easily go, I'm out. Like this is easy. I'm a Roman citizen. I'm not breaking the law. Get me out of here. Like, and I think he, I think he knows full well where he's headed. Correct. I think he, I don't think he has some kind of ideal that he's like, well, maybe, maybe Caesar will take it easy on me. I think he's like, I, I'm going to appeal to Caesar, but. This isn't. I mean, this isn't looking great here. He could also slander Caesar. Yeah, and put I, him in a position to die for the slander. I think he inevitably has to because. But he's, I think he wants Truth to do that, not Paul to do that. Yeah. If you see no, what I'm yeah, but okay. in so doing, there's no man that's in that position that has enough humility to go. You know what? You're right. <laughs> yeah. It, the fear of death is not going to prevent him from presenting the truth. Mm-hmm. But the desire to die does not exist to a point where he's just going to go ahead and jump off the cliff. Yeah. He's not desiring death. He's willing to death yes. for the sake of the gospel. Very good. Very good. That's really important for us to understand because it also helps in the next verse. Yes. Okay. So verse 23, I am hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, uh, for that is far better. <laughs> I think this is such a golden attitude. Yeah. Rewind a couple seconds, and you can hear why heaven is so is worth yeah. it. This is clarifying, then, the, the to die is gain part. Mm-hmm. It is better. Chrason is our word. Yeah. All right? Why? Because Christ's presence equals heaven. Mm-hmm. Now, I wonder if we put truth serum in people that go to church every single weekend, how many would make could honestly make that claim? Because I'm not sure that we'd all be there. Mm-hmm. That my desire is to depart this world. Is our desire to put, to depart this word world greater? <laughs> I would. You'd have to truth serum everybody because I think most people would go would a little. Some people would go, yeah, like I'm gonna keep living, but can't wait, and they might be speaking the truth. Yeah. But I think there's a lot of people who go, yeah, for sure, and then truth serum would go, no, that was that's a facade, that's not true. Yeah, I'm scared to death of death. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, this to me is such a golden attitude. I think I think that is. Um. Highlight that one and put that over your mantle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I am hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far far better. In other words, Paul's saying if I'm being selfish and honest about my selfishness, I want I want to go. Yeah. I'm ready to be with him. Twenty-four. But <laughs> to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Yeah. Uh some stuff going on there. Mm-hmm. Right. So his work is not done yet. It is to his flock's benefit that they keep him around, that he stays around. Mm -hmm. All right. In John chapter 9, verse 4, Jesus teaches his disciples this. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is still day. Night is coming when no one can work. Mm -hmm. I think that Paul's incarnationally (laughs) demonstrating this. Uh, this truth, yeah, right. The, again, the incarnation principle here. Paul's living this out. That the sun is still out. I still have work to do. Mm-hmm. But that sun is going to set 
And soon, at some point, it's going to be night for all of us. So let's do the work while we can. Yeah. And right now, I need to do the work, and it's for the benefit, Philippians, of uh, of the church. It's, mm-hmm. it's for the benefit of the kingdom, ultimately. For sure. There's still more things to get done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's such a great attitude. I, I love that teaching. Love it. Yeah. So, all right. Now we jump to 25. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith. He is just really, he's all in on this. By the way, he uses the word oida again. Mm-hmm. All right. Convinced of this. Um, it, Christ's glory is achieved best by his continual ministry. Yeah. Right? By his continual ministry, that, that's what it is. Then we have the word progress. Mm-hmm. Right? For their progress. Yeah. I, yeah. I, Sorry, I'm, you act like you got something to No, to. I just love this line of, it's kind of like just explaining what he's doing in yeah. a very beautiful way of just saying like, I could either figure out a way, like I'm accepting death. Yeah. And I, I could speed this process along. Right. <laughs> Not suicide. Again, I could. There are there are means by which this the speediness of this trial, this getting in front of Caesar, could go. But I need to do some work here. Yes. And he's just go. And just to end with, and so I'm convinced. Like I'm gonna stay here so you to see you pro- progress, to see you be in joy and faith. I'm gonna postpone what I know is far better. Because I want you to be sure when I die. <laughs> well, some fun things with that word progress. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, we talked about this back uh, at the beginning of the chapter in verse twelve. That word's there, prokopane. Uh, prokopane. Mm-hmm. Um, in chapter one, verse twelve, it's in reference to the gospel message moving to new unexplored territory. Yeah. Right. And he's talking about this is a result of my chains. I'm, I'm so grateful that because of these chains, the gospel has moved into unchartered territory, unmapped territory. Mm-hmm. Here, the prog- that progress, that procopane, is in reference to your faith moving into unmapped territory. Yeah. And he's specifically, he's, he's, he's pointing that toward the, the Philippians. But um, your faith is progressing uh, to a place that it hasn't. And that's why I'm going to remain. Mm-hmm. That's why for me to live is Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then we we get our word joy then again. So uh, Kara, uh that, that Paul Paul's talking about is it's it, it's it's the result of preaching. It's the result of of this broadcasting of this, and you get to be a part of that result. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Then 26 kind of finishes that thought. Right. So that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus. I love that phrase. Yep. Because of my coming to you again. Again, great English. <laughs> so good, man. The act of glorying yes. to glory. To glory. It's, glory's typically not a verb. No, and it's <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, just fantastic use here. Yeah. The Philippian concern for Paul. Here's the, here's the, the progress we've made here, okay? Mm-hmm. The Philippian concern for Paul leads to Paul's rejoicing, because that leads to the proclamation of the gospel, because that leads to the progress of reach and depth of faith, because that leads to Paul's returning to the church, specifically to the Philippians, Mm -hmm. which leads to the Philippians' joy in their faith, 
which leads to Christ's honor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is it, it really really is good. Um it, it it's 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 very well constructed and and I I think you mentioned this earlier that it's really hard to deny the Holy Spirit's hand in that. Mhm. Last thing I want to point out with that verse, we have uh, uh, there's a there's a word in there so that in me, um, it's uh, it, it's actually presence. There's the the word presence is there, which is yeah. the parousia. Mm-hmm. Okay, the parousia is such a major major theological and doctrinal teaching, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah, I would connect this again to the incarnation principle. All right, that's what Perugia is, by the way. It's the incarnation of Jesus, which when we get to next week and we jump into the really lofty uh, either quote or teaching that Paul has, (laughs) um, he's going to absolutely expound to probably the greatest length of the Perugia that we can possibly find in Scripture. All right, but he's introducing that word to us right here. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, and the English Standard Version kind of hides that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, because it is a, it's, it's the word for second coming too, or it's like that. It became, I shouldn't say it is the word. It became a theological idea of the second coming of Christ. The, yes, the eventual Perugia, Perugia of Christ. Yes, the and so the the current teaching of it is the already but not yet. Yeah. All right. So that the. Christ has lived on earth. He li- came down as, we're going to see, uh, <laughs> did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, mm-hmm. but dwelled, dwelt among us yeah. like one of us. And the perusia then is the final perusia, the final presence, which goes back to what we just spent a lot of minutes <laughs> talking about with heaven. Yeah, for yeah. sure. That is the perusia, the indwelling of God. Mm-hmm. All right. So we shift gears slightly when we get to verse 27. Going back to what we asked in verse 18, so what? Or or what then? Or what now? Here's our exhortation, Mm -hmm. right? This is where Paul says, okay, this is what I want you to do in light of all of the first 25 verses we just talked about. Mm -hmm. All right. Verse 27, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit and one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. A big verse. Yes, it is big in a lot of ways. Okay. I read in at least in one or two places that Paul's addressing an issue of disunity in the Philippian church. I struggle with that a little bit. I don't I don't know that there would have been an actual fracture going yeah. on. Maybe. I don't know that there would have. I, you know, Paul usually when he points something out, he's usually specific, like we mm. talk about in Corinthians when he's pointing out the relationship with a mother in law or no, a, a stepmother? Stepmother or mother-in-law? Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. Stepmother. Mm-hmm. Um, in appropriate relationship with the stepmother. But we, uh, I don't think you have to make this one a point. At, like, this seems, you don't have to make it pointed at a single act of disunity within the Philippian church like Paul right. often does with his exhortations. Like, this can be, like, 
a broad exhortation of stand firm together. Like that's yes, it doesn't have to be a yes. I heard there was disunity, which that again he often will point out like this is what's going on in your church, so do this instead. This is just like I mean I don't know if if I stood on stage and like hey all of you stand firm together like let's. Yeah. It, it might be just a reaffirmation. Yeah, here. that's what I'm saying. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good one word to describe it, my babbling. It, well, no, <laughs> I, but I think it's important to point that out. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to turn this over to you here in a second because the main verb here is conduct yourselves. Mm-hmm. All right. It's only used two times in the New Testament. Uh, first time is in Acts 23 verse one. All right, mm-hmm. and then it's used here. So that word is a. Fun Greek word that yeah. has all kinds of ties and implications. It does, and the ESV translates it down to "let," <laughs> which uh-huh. I would argue is one misstep that ESV did in the it, for that because it's has so many more implications. Yeah, the Greek word is "polytuesthe," mm-hmm. uh, which I might have said that too fast, but the starting in English would be P-O-L-I-T, which is where we get our word politics. Yes. Um, so politueste is citizenry, effectively, mm-hmm. but it's deeper than that. It's it's kind of, it's you could almost like, the Greeks wouldn't, or the Greeks and the Romans wouldn't have thought about it this way, but it's like citizenry to the point of like having been, <laughs> trying to think of a good way to say this without connotation, like the the level of citizenry that you get from like propaganda like that's how that's how committed you need to be to this mm-hmm. like the way that the the way that captain america sees citizenship mm-hmm. or like the way that the most ideological the most ideal way of being a citizen that you they are, identify the individual with the place that they're yeah the connected. ultimate commitment to what yeah. the government you live under you're like you have the ultimate commitment to that as a citizen, and it's a derivative of the word uh, "police" in oh, Greek, yeah. in, mm-hmm. which means city. Yeah. Okay. So, citizen of the city or city citizen person. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and so it's it's a much bigger word than just let let yourself be this. It's Paul's, I, and I have this. I printed this off from an article I read about it. Mm-hmm. Um. So this word. Polytuesta is only used here in an axe, uh, axe something. I can't remember off the top of my head. So it's only used twice in the New Testament. Paul only uses it once here, and then a derivative of it, poly, polytuma, in chapter three. Mm-hmm. So this word is super rare for Paul. Right. It's not crazy rare in ancient Greece or even kind of contemporary Roman times because it is this idea of being an upstanding citizen of this kind of more, this country moral, this Mm -hmm. the country's philosophy. Um, I love this article because he, this guy, his name is Raymond Brewer. And he, he said, uh, I don't think this was an accident. Like, Oh, good call. Uh, but he kind of rewords it. And this is why I like, he says a good reworking of 27, Uh, Verse 27, continue to discharge your obligations as citizens and residents of Philippi faithfully and as a Christian should, but do not yield to patriotic pressure to give to Caesar that which belongs to Christ alone. So basically like, yeah, be a good citizen of Rome, but remember you're a good citizen of heaven first. 
which is going to come up again, I think, in chapter three. Yes, chapter when he reuses this the word polytuma, which is a derivative yes, of this. Yes, there you he's go. He's saying you are a part of a commonwealth that is bigger than the commonwealth of Rome, effectively. Right. So it's like it's it's so much bigger than let your manner of life be worthy, which he says in other places in a lot of different ways with a lot of different words and more. Like there's one. Zay, oh gosh, Zayma, I think is one. Mm. Oh, I can't remember what it. It starts with a Z. Uh-huh. Uh, but it's basically he uses it like twenty three times, and he even uses it in Philippians. Wow. Okay, and to be like, let your life be worthy of this, or or live up to your calling, effectively. Yeah. And so, that's not what this is. This is like, be a word, like live worthily as a citizen. A fundamentally committed citizen of heaven like you are yeah i i don't know how else to put it other than like your citizenship is in heaven but it's like you need to be worthy of that that is that is a calling above the citizenship of rome which i'm gonna keep babbling but the i think the philippian church specifically we as we talked about in the first chapter the first or the very first episode is such a Roman city because it was kind of founded in Greek and Macedon times, but it dwindled and came around. And so then the first Caesar sent retired Praetorian guards there. And so it's so Roman and doesn't even have a synagogue. Like it is a deeply Roman city. And And we go into depth in that in the first week of, of our, of our talk in Philippians. Yeah. And so he's, I think this word again is deliberate and he's saying like, because to be a citizen of Rome is such a big deal at this time. Like it is, it's the level of patriotism that you get in like deep South Alabama. Like mm-hmm. it's like, you, this is who you are. You are a Roman. Yeah. And so for him to say, live your life as a citizen of heaven is, and to use this word specifically is not a one-off. It's, Correct. Yeah. He's saying like, this is a big deal. Correct. Well, it's connected to some things in there too. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we the question is how, right? Well, it's connected with of one spirit, the pneumatos, mm-hmm. right? Uh, really important that that's the same Greek word that's used to uh, uh, def- to um, describe the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Pneumatos. Okay. Or pneuma. Uh, and so you're in one spirit, and by the way, that's the spirit. <laughs> yeah. All right. And of one mind in the ESV, you could translate that, that to one soul mm. as well. The word suke, uh, which by the way, we get our word psyche or psychology, the study of the mind and its influence, the study of the kind of the 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 being, mm-hmm. right? So we you operate in one spirit, one mind. Well, how? We need to drill this down. He he actually tells us kind of two two things about this. The first one is in this verse, contending for the faith of the gospel. Um, now the translations might say striving side by side. Yeah. This concept here is so fascinating to me. So the word sunoth sunothleo. Okay. All right. Sunothleo. It it the literal wooden translation is to struggle with. Mm-hmm. All right, it is um, um, usually applied to something like an athletic event or a military movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's if you think of wor- of uh, uh, movies that you've seen with like maybe Roman battles or Greek battles, and they're behind the shields 
and they kind of collectively make one giant shield. That's the concept here, mm-hmm. that you struggle with those, uh, you struggle with those that you're fighting with. And he's saying that's what that's that's how you operate as a church. Yeah, you struggle with. Here's the implication in the exhortation just from that. All right, before we go to verse twenty-eight, which I know we've got just a few couple more verses to go. Yeah, you got to jump in the struggle. Mm-hmm. You got to jump in the fight. Right, you can't just be. Um, I want to measure this right. All right, it, it, but I, I I want it to have a sting yeah. too. Okay. Yeah. Don't just be one who others are fighting for. You, yeah, you can't be. You can't be a bench player in the church. <laughs> you, you can't. You can't be a pew filler. Yeah. You can't stand on this. You or I, I guess a better would be you can't be a fan in the stands. Yeah, not a fan. Participant. Yeah, yeah. Got it. You're a participant in this. That you are a fellow struggler. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You're a fellow struggler. Now that might mean that you have to look at struggle. Like you, you got to face it. A, I I think a good analogy it would be sports. Like yes. it's you have to be. On the team, you gotta if be, a, and you gotta be a teammate. Yeah, there's no other way against it, or mm-hmm. there's no other, there's no other place in the stadium. It's and either you're a player or you're not here. Yeah, we are wearing a uniform. Mm-hmm. Um, it identifies us with our commonwealth, right? Yeah. With our team. Yeah, right? it goes back to our conduct yourselves in a manner, mm-hmm. right? Um, it, and you, you, there's a, there's there's responsibility to that. You've got to struggle with. Um, and we've got to struggle with, and yeah. we can't just. It's not just a. the The whole twenty eighty rule cannot apply to the church. Yeah, it just can't. Um, we all have a role to play in that. Okay, so that's that's the first. When we ask how do we operate with one mind, one soul, or mm-hmm. excuse me, one mind, one spirit, that that's how he addresses it first. Twenty eight, um, and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation, and that from God. Not great English. <laughs> no. The, but, especially that last sentence, I reworked it for myself. Because if you take out four words and a couple commas, you got you got a perfect English sentence. You do. It's you, not that. It wasn't hard. And it spins commentators out of control. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So here's the second way, right, that, w- that we operate with one spirit, one mind. Not frightened. Um, may paturomai, mm-hmm. um, may paturomai, and it's uh, the the word paturo or paturomai, paturomai, literally does mean um, to be frightened, but it, it has to do with a reflex action resulted from being startled. Mm-hmm. All right, so don't be startled by the one who jumps out of the dark and says boo. Yeah. Right, so the church then is the un is operates with unflinchable steadfastness. Mm-hmm. I love that concept. Yeah, uh, to, I double highlighted this verse or twenty seven like B and twenty eight A because mm-hmm. I think this is I think if the church could tackle this as a concept, if one single church could tackle this as a concept. It would be like unstoppable. Yeah. The idea of like, hey, we're in one, we are of one mind here, one spirit. Uh, so we will fight side by side together 
and won't be afraid of anything. It's like, yeah, that's that means don't be worried about what's going on politically or yeah. economically. Like we will handle it together as one. Like that's what we are. Correct. Correct. So my kind of my homiletic mind went, okay, well, how do we do that? Like mm. how yeah. how do we get to a place where we are unflinchably steadfast, right? That we don't f- have a reflex of jumping or startling when the opponent, he says, jumps out from a dark corner or or tries to surprise us. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it happens in, I think it happens in two ways. And if I were preaching, this is how I would say, it. I think it happens in training. Like you can't just expect to win a battle without training for battle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard for me to be a part of the team without training to be a part of the team. Yeah. Uh, so training in the church happens in all kinds of different ways. The you know the major ways are go to church, <laughs> pray, Bible reading. If you're listening to this, this, yeah, this is part. I think yeah. yeah, treat it as a means to an end, right? Mm-hmm. That we train ourselves for this. Um, and there's lots of scriptures that talk about training for holiness, especially. And then the second way is I think you expect it. Like startling happens when we're surprised. Mm-hmm. How about we not be surprised? by the world being against us. Like, let's not be surprised that the opponent is trying to startle us. Yeah. Like, when we expect the boogeyman to jump from under the bed mm-hmm. or to reach up, we don't have to We don't have to reflex. We, we don't have to act out of reflex. Let's, like, pro-act. Yeah. yeah. And how connected is that to, like, and even if, if you're not, even if you're not startled and the boogeyman does get you, to live as Christ and to die as gain. Yes. There like, is nothing that the opponent can actually take from you. Yeah. you Because w- he's given you gain. You've already <laughs> won this battle. Like, yeah. There's no need to be frightened it's of f- what might... I'm not... I need to step back. Uh, no, but I, it's true. Yeah. I, I... And I'm not overly... And I'm going to get on a little soapbox and hopefully nobody pushes me off. I am tired of the political chatter because it's well if our candidate loses then we're gonna not be able to go to church or if my candidate wins we're gonna be able to go to church it's like man like if churches are meeting in hostile countries where you can worship man it's if that shouldn't be your concern your concern should be where's your neighbor worshiping (laughs) like and yeah and and they don't have that much you can't they don't get that power unless you give it yeah. Away. Yes. And, and so don't give it away. Yeah. If and you want to talk about a hostile government, Paul is about to die. Possibly. For, yeah. Yeah. Like this is, like this isn't great where he's at. Yes. <laughs> so well, this is all under the connotation too, and I we gotta keep going on this. Yeah. So it's all under the connotation that, um, because the back half of that verse, which leads into the kind of the final thought he has here, um, this is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God. I think what he's talking about is that you stand against the world entirely. The world is destructs, mm-hmm. right? But believers are saved. Yeah. And the Philippians stand firm in the face of adversity, prove their relationship with the Lord. Yeah. Like you're unflinchably steadfast as evidenced of your relationship with the Lord. Uh, yeah, and... To, again, to clear this that language up, I took out to them, mm-hmm. and I took out and that, yeah. and it becomes, this is a clear sign of their destruction, but of your salvation from God. Yeah. 
both are from God. That that's the important part. Abs- absolutely, it's super easy. But uh, yeah, it's the idea of uh, cut off the head of the cut off the head and the troops scatter kind of yeah. thing. It, the it's he, Paul's basically saying this is the opposite. Stand side by side, strive together, work together, and because first of all, they can't take out our head. But second of all, if you're already tried yeah if you're struck like that's you're like they've already they're this is a sign of their destruction we have no retreat button anymore like we're going forward with and if they strike you it's to christ's glory yeah so they lose Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah it's to their destruction and to your gain no matter what okay so verse 29 then for it has been granted to you that for the sake of christ you should not only believe in him but here it is. Also, suffer for his sake. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really need another hour to talk about suffering. But God grants suffering to Christians. Mm-hmm. The question is why. And I wrote in all caps, incarnation principle. Yeah. Because to live on this planet is to suffer. Yeah. Now, you're going to suffer even if you take Christ away, mm-hmm. you're going to struggle. All right. Which is mind boggling to me how that becomes an argument against following Jesus. It's not. God allows us to suffer, mm-hmm. right? Uh, there's other places, particularly with Peter, that when we suffer, we're actually partaking in Jesus. Yeah. We're, we're, we're partic- participating with him. Because that suffering is on Christ's behalf, right? Now, point of clarification, um, we're not like running to the sword to mm-hmm. get stabbed by it, but that sword is coming toward us, and God grants that, because when we suffer with him, we also resurrect with him. Yeah. That's the whole baptism picture. Also, some of us think we're being persecuted when we're actually just having bad personality. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, yeah, people aren't as annoyed with Jesus as we think they are. They're just annoyed with us I, a lot. <laughs> I can't remember who that is. There is a comedian that said something to that effect. Like, you're not being persecuted. You're just a jerk. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's it, it's the privilege of the Christian to suffer for Christ. Yeah, not to suffer for just really mindless things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we could do that all, all day oh, long, yeah. but it's the incarnation principle here. It is. Right? We're living and dying this out. So he lands on verse 30, engaged in the same conflict you saw I had and now hear that I still have. Mm-hmm. Right? It's the same The same one. Paul has modeled the suffering, and I'm showing Sam this, incarnation <laughs> principle. Like, I demonstrated this for you. you. Imitate me. You know, two words could be like you could just put IP and it would be the same but idea. It's such a it keeps coming that could up. Be a, that could be a sermon series. What's your IP address? Yeah, what's your IP? Yep. What's what's the IP address? Incarnation do you, principle. Do you need to change your IP address? Yeah. Yeah. A- absolutely. That's that's where it is right there. And so next week we get to jump into chapter two where he is going to take this incarnation principle, this IP and mm-hmm. just blow it up. <laughs> this is some of the most elevated words that we get to read in scripture yeah. coming up. Uh this I, I would compare this very closely with stuff that you read in, in Colossians chapter one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Elevated Christological teaching coming up. Ooh. Yeah. Cool. Well hey, that was crosstalk. Yeah. Uh chapter one versus 
18, 18, 19 to 30, yeah. something like that. Uh, next week is a, another sizable chunk of verses, but well worth it. Yeah, not very many sentences, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 2, 1 through 11 is yeah. what we're doing next week. Um, so as always, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or want to tell us we're wrong in any way, you can email me at samuel o at southrockchristian.com. He's Nick P at southrockchristian.com. And I think that's all we got. Yeah. So until next week, we'll see you later. Talk to you later. We're clear. No, we're not.